to our Wednesday night service here at the Boonville Church of Christ. I know we're online tonight, but we're in for a very special treat. Brother Stephen Hodgen will be bringing our lesson here in just a few minutes. The only person we have that's in the hospital uh, at this time, Brother Bobby Donovan, is in the Starkville Hospital. We have quite a list of those that are sick that we need to remember in our prayers. At the present time, the Boonville Church of Christ will be online services only. That will be on Sundays and Wednesdays, online only. We'll not have any services here in the auditorium because of the increase in the number of COVID cases in our area. So please remember that. All of our services will be online until further notice. Brother Stephen. Thank you, Brother Tommy. appreciate so very much you taking the time to be a part of our uh, study tonight, and I hope that that's exactly what you'll do, that you'll encourage others to study, that we can learn more from the Word of God. And just because that we are, get that fixed, just because we are online does not mean that we've stopped. And I hope that we continue to think about that and that we encourage one another call one another, um, reach out and help every way that we can because we do care about one another. It's difficult to look at this empty auditorium, but I know that we still love God and we want to serve God. So as we study tonight, I hope that you'll take some notes. I hope that you'll think about what we do study and that you'll continue in your own personal study. On Sunday evening in our auditorium class at 5 o'clock, we've been studying... Uh, Psalm 119, thinking about what Psalm 119 teaches us about the Word of God. The Word of God is the primary theme of Psalm 119. And when you look at that psalm, it's an interesting study because every eight verses uh, begins with a heading of the Hebrew alphabet. And in that study, every eight, verse, uh, eight verses gives us a different look into the attributes of the Word of God. And so we've been studying that, 
And on Sunday evening last, we looked at uh, chapter or lesson 6, verses 41 through 48. So I want us to look at, I had said we would part 2 that lesson, and so tonight we're going to continue that thought and finish that particular lesson. Verses 41 through 48, we ask, what does the Word of God give us? When we look in these eight verses, we can find that the Word of God gives me some important things, and we looked at the first two. In verses 41 and 42, God's Word gives me the answers that I need, the answers about God's love, the answers about my soul's salvation, and the answers to those who attack with hateful words and attitudes. And again, I'm just reviewing this. And if you have an interest in this study and you missed last Sunday, please contact us. And I would be more than happy to send you this material. In the second part of our study, in verses 43 through 45, we learn that God's Word gives me the hope that I need. The hope that grows with my faith, the hope that must be preserved and protected, and the hope that lives within us. But I, I rush through that because we've already looked at it. I want us now to dig in verses 46, 47, and 48. God's Word gives me the courage that I need. You know, it's easy to have courage when everything is going smoothly. It's easy to have courage when there's really nothing to challenge your faith, nothing that's going on that challenges, uh, discourages you or, or makes you wonder what's going to happen next. But in these times, we don't know what's going to happen next. We wonder what in the world is going coming around the corner as we see 2020 end and we think about 2021. Are things going to get better or are they going to get worse? So sometimes we need courage. Look at verses 46 through 48 with me. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands Toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Notice David's attitude toward the Word of God there. Notice how the Word of God is referred to. Your testimonies, your commandments, your commandments, your statutes. David said twice, I love your commandments. I will speak them. My delight is in them. So as we think about God's Word giving me courage... There are two areas here that I want you to, to think about with me tonight. God's Word gives me the courage to speak the truth. Notice what David said in verses 46 and 47. I will speak your testimony before kings and shall not be put to shame, for my delight is in your commandments, which I love. Now, David said there that I will speak your testimonies to kings and shall not be put to shame. Notice the, the structure of the language. For I find delight in your commandments, which I love. Notice that David said the reason why I'm able to speak your testimonies in front of kings, in front of authority figures, the reason why that I am able uh, to do that without any kind of shame at all is not because I, I go and I look into the Word of God when I have a question or I look into the Word of God when, when I, I need that backup, but it's... No, it's because I delight in them. I delight in those commandments. They are a part of me, and because of that delight, it just bubbles out of me, and I'm able to speak your truth before others. 
Do you and I have the courage to speak the truth? Let's think about Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And I hope you'll study these with me. For he himself gave some, that's talking about God, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature uh, stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But, now watch verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Folks, I wanted to read that entire context because I want you to notice that in the plan of God, as we make sure that we are not tossed about with every wind of doctrine that a man creates or someone thinks up, that we're not uh, carried back and forth with men's ideas, but instead we're growing up in Christ, that we are becoming strong as each one does what he or she is supposed to do as a member of the body of Christ. Notice what is sitting right smack in the middle of that understanding. Speaking the truth in love. The reason why, when you and I do, uh, notice here, every joint supplies, every part does its share. Do you understand that a part of every part doing what he or she is supposed to do is speaking the truth? The reason why you and I don't get moved back and forth with the winds of change and the winds of doctrine and the ideas of men that come and go and, and, and discourage and um, dissemble the truth, how do we do that? Because we speak the truth. Sometimes you and I, uh, we talk about, or I have heard, it's, not you and I maybe, but I've heard folks say, if you're going to speak the truth, you better speak it in love. If you're going to tell the truth, you better make sure that it's with love. And you know what? That's absolutely right. But sometimes it seems, and forgive me if I sound judgmental, but I certainly don't mean to, but sometimes it seems that we say, hey, if you're going to tell somebody the truth about morality, if you're going to tell somebody the truth about doctrine, if you're going to tell somebody the truth, you better make sure it's in love. And we agree with that, but then suddenly... Some time passes and no truth has been spoken. And, and somebody didn't get around to saying the truth part. If you and I, David said, I speak your testimonies before kings. Why? Because that's where my delight is. I'm not ashamed. I'm able to speak the truth and I'm willing to do that. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, notice with me verses 1 through 5. I charge you before, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Look at verse 2. Preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Why? Verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of 
an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, why was it that Paul told Timothy, you preach the word, Timothy. You make sure that you are ready all the time because there are going to be those who arise who look for somebody else who will tell them what they want to hear. Now, you and I understand that. But now, listen to what David said here in this passage. I will speak your testimony before kings and shall not be put to shame. Now, you think about that instruction to Timothy and don't for a second think it's not talking to you and me, folks. When he said, speak the, or when he said preach the truth and exhort and rebuke with, with lots of endurance and patience and lots of teaching... Why? Because there are going to be people who are looking for somebody else to tell them what they want to hear. Now listen to me, church. If there are people, if there are going to be times when folks are going to fall away from the truth because they're looking for somebody else to tell them what they want to hear, two things you need to know is absolutely true. Number one, there are going to always be somebody that you can find who will tell you what you want to hear. But number two... As long as that's the case, there better be somebody speaking the truth. There better be someone who has the courage to speak God's testimonies before kings and before anyone who will listen. Why? Because there are going to be plenty of people to tell others what they want to hear. There has to be at least as much, if not more, of those who are willing to speak the truth and tell the truth. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse number 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. You know, for a long time, I, I believed I misunderstood that verse. I believe I misunderstood that verse because I thought it to say that you make sure that Jesus is in your heart. That's true that you make sure you know God's Word so if anybody ever happens to wander into your path and ask you a question, you'll know the answer. But folks, from the bottom of my heart, I believe that is not what that's saying. Now that principle is there. But what I believe that to be saying, if you look at it, a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, how in the world... Is somebody going to know there's any hope in me if they don't see me live it? If they don't hear me talk about it? If they don't see that hope bubbling from my faith and my life? The answer to that is they will not. They won't ever. And Paul said, or, or Peter said, that you make sure that Jesus is in your heart and in your life to the point that he's seen by everybody around you. And when they want to know what you've got, they want to know what is it that makes you that way, you're ready to show them. You're ready to tell them. You're ready to defend what you know to be the truth. Now look with me in the book of Jude. In the book of Jude, the very first uh, well, first chapter, the only chapter. Verses 3 and 4. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. To contend for the faith. To be willing to defend the faith. And you know what? You can't defend something that you don't have. You can't defend something that you don't know. You can't defend something that you don't love. You can't defend something that you're not ready and able and have the courage to talk about. 
And he said, earnestly contend for the faith. But he tells you why, verse 4. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert... Watch this now. Who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we live in a time right now when the, the, we have generations who are growing up among us who have the idea that um, uh, unmarried sex is just the way things are now and that living, it cohabitating without the, 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 the bother of marriage, that's just the way things are now. And it's okay to kind of do your own thing because we're not antiquated anymore. Folks, that's exactly what Jude was talking about. Because they're going to creep in and begin to say those things and talk those things and believe those things and others are going to believe those things. Somebody's got to have the courage to say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What's God say? Isn't that what David was talking about? I will speak your testimonies before kings and I will not be put to shame because I am filled with a delight for your truth. First of all, God's Word gives us the courage to speak the truth. But second, God's... Let me get that thing to work there. Well, there we go. It, it gives me the courage to do what God says is right. Look at the second part. Look at verse 48. hope you still have your Bible open to Psalm 119, verse 48. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments. There it is again, which I love. And I will meditate on your statutes. I will think about what you say, Lord. I will think about your words because I love them. But what do you say? I will lift up my hands towards your commandments. Think about that just for a minute. You know, I have a garden. or I enjoy trying to have a garden in the summertime. Did one this past summer for the first time in a long time. And you know, when I went down there with my bucket or I went down there with my garden hoe, or I went down and I lifted up my hands toward my garden, with my, my, toward my bucket or toward my garden hoe. You know what I didn't do? You know, I didn't just go down there and hold it. I didn't just go down there and hold the bucket and uh, wait for the vegetables to jump in it. If I lifted up my hands to those things, I was about to do something with my hands and those things. What do, you, what do you think David means when he says, I will lift up my hands toward your commandments? Lord, I'm going to lift it up and hold up your Bible and hope it, it jumped. No. I'm going to lift up my hands toward your commandments to do what you want me to do with them. Now, God's Word gives me the, the courage to do what God wants me to do, to do what's right. I think about what Joshua said in Joshua 1 and verse 7 when he was about to take the leadership, or as he took the leadership mantle from Moses. He said, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand nor to the left that you may prosper. Be strong and courageous. Have the courage, yes, not to turn to the right or the left, but have the courage to do it. Have the courage to keep moving forward. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles. 
Now, don't catch your breath when you see I'm going to read eight verses. I promise I'll be quick. But in Chronicles 32, 2 Chronicles 32, this is an interesting... Sometimes we might read that just for its history. We really shouldn't. Look at the eight verses there. See if you can find courage. After these things and these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities thinking to win them for himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and intended to fight against Jerusalem, he planned with his officers and his mighty men to stop the water of the springs that were outside the city, and they helped him. Verse 4, A great many people were gathered, and they stopped all the springs and brooks and the brook that flowed through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? He set to work resolutely and built up all the wall that was broken down and raised towers upon it. And outside it, he built another wall and he strengthened the Milo in the city of David. He also made weapons and shields in abundance. And he set combat commanders over the people and gathered them together to him in the square at the gate of the city and spoke... Now, okay, pay attention here, please and spoke encouragingly to them. He did all of that. said, do this, do that, let's fortify this, and let's build up that, and, and put them in here, and put them in there. And, but notice what he said. And he spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria and all the horde that is with him. Watch this. Listen to what he said. For there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people took confidence from the word of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Did you listen to what Hezekiah said? Here's all the things we've got to do in the face of this threat, in the face of this struggle. But he said, wait a minute, remember this, don't you dare become discouraged. You be strong and you be courageous because what we're dealing with is a fleshly thing. But we have the arm of God fighting for us. Folks, can we not say that right now? Can we not say, hey, we're going to continue doing the best we can for as long as we can and doing exactly uh, everything God wants us to do to the best of our ability because whatever we're dealing with, that's something, that's an arm of flesh. But God is fighting for us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 14, familiar passage, and I want to close with this. Put on the whole armor of God, beginning in verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen to how many times you hear that word, stand. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's talking about Satan and sin and every tenet of Satan's influence. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now we read all of that. Haven't even talked about the armor itself. Sometimes we spend a lot of time talking about the armor. But I want you to think about verse 14. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness... Did you hear that? It's easy to miss. Stand. 
Sometimes we know all about the armor. Sometimes we, we've got all of the armor laid out and even put it on. But we never stand. Never stand up. Folks, there comes a moment when we actually have to stand up and go about doing what God would have us to do. David said, I will lift up my hands toward your commandments. I will do them. I have the courage to do that. God's word gives us that courage. I hope that you will just want to study this more. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come into your home and to study God's word with you. Would you pray with me as we close tonight? Most gracious God, thank you so very much for allowing us to open your truth and to study it. And may we look to you through your word, through your son Jesus, for the courage that we need to speak your truth in every place and in every opportunity and to live your truth and to do what you'd have us to do and be who you would have us to be. Father, we pray for those of this congregation who are sick. We pray for those who are well. Be with us, Lord, as we strive to serve you. Thank you for your servants everywhere. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.